Hey, welcome to Being Creative. My name is Rick Leaf. As you know, I'm the host of the show, or maybe you don't know that because it's been so long since I've done an episode. Oh my gosh. You know that expression, how life gets in the way? Well, life lived to the ultimate has definitely gotten in the way of doing podcasts, but I'm not going to apologize that because it's been a great life. I've been really busy, super excited. I'm not just going to talk about myself, I'm I'm going to talk about you, of course. But in the midst of talking about you, I might weave in a few things about myself. Uh, New projects, new whatever, and a travel um, experience that I just had that is actually really what's inspiring me to get on the microphone today. So, uh, without further ado... I want to start by asking you a question, if I could. If I could be so bold, I would like to ask you a question. Um, Would you pay $6,500 for a hotel room for one night? Would you pay $6,500 for a hotel room for one night? And And if so, if you would, would you feel it was money well spent if it had a single bed and that you had people walking by just a few feet away from where you were sleeping all through your night? So to begin with, this show, this episode is about travel, creative travel, being creative in the process of going on a trip, going on traveling. And, uh, Right off the bat, you know, I don't believe that there's a right way or a wrong way to travel. There's your way, the way that you'd like to do it, my way, the way I'd like to do it. Maybe there's ways we would like to do it and we can't afford to do it, which kind of brings me to this idea that, you know, some people have money and no time. And some people have time and no money. And and that is no more true well, then, you know, in something like going on a trip or an adventure or whatever. Because if, let's say you are a person who has money, but no time. Well, man, like an all-inclusive resort or a cruise or something like that, where you can just, you got the money, you just lay it out, pay it up, get on the plane, get to the resort, get on the ship, whatever. Everything's taken care of. Your meals, your comms, your entertainment, Uh, where you're going, when you're going to get there, when you're going to leave, it's all done. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's where you're at or that's where you're at for this trip, totally legit. Other people have time and no money. So if you have time and no money, that's where you start, like really you start, you know, maybe you use an app like Hopper that um, if you're familiar with it, you know, it uses the algorithm to tell you when flights are going to be cheaper. So if you know you want to go on a trip and you got some flexibility in your schedule, you can put in your, your, your general timeline, wherever you'd like to go, whatever your destination is. And the algorithm will just keep running in the background and it's tracking like tens of thousands of flights and it knows all this kind of stuff. And I, I used Hopper uh, a few times. One, the, the best time I was, uh, I live in Canada. I was uh, really needing like a lot of dental work. Um, 
classic Canadian kid story. I got a puck in the mouth years ago. Like, so I've got all these implants and, and uh, things and they start wiggling loose and everything. So I go to the dentist here. Boy, this is not aside, but anyway, uh, I went to this dentist here and he was like, oh my God, Rick, like your implants falling out. So you're going to need to have like, um, what do they call it? Um, oh, the post is falling out. So you're going to have to like do this implant and take bone and, and blah, 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 and screw things in. And, and then it has to heal for six months and you have to come back and we'll build up a post and put a cap, whatever. And I had a m multiple teeth that needed to do this and et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, I walked out of a dental clinic here in Canada. No, I'm not kidding. I could show you. I still have it. Uh, an invoice for a quote for over $25,000 in dental work. And I'm self-employed. <laughs> I have no dental coverage. I have nothing like that. I can't. I mean, that would be such a massive hit on an average year that I'm just like, I can't do that. So because in that situation, I had time and no money, uh, I started looking, where could I go to get dental work done for cheaper? And uh, the approach to that was like, well, I'd heard about somebody who'd gone to Mexico to get dental work. So I was like, well, what's that all about? So I started investigating it and start asking questions because I have the time to invest in questions. And so uh, I eventually, I found a great clinic and they're like, you know what, Rick, we're not the guys for you. We're not the clinic for you. And it was all about geography. They were, I think, just across the border from Yuma. So they're like, you're going to have to fly from, you know, Vancouver to Phoenix and then uh, rent a car, drive down to Yuma. And then you're going to have to cross the border and then you're going to have to come back, whatever. I don't think we're the right clinic for you. Find a place where you can directly fly. And I was like, okay, well, that's, that's great advice. And they're like, and here's some questions to ask, ask this about equipment, ask this about the kind of, um, materials that they use for fillings and for posts and whatever, ask how many, um, implants they do in a given month, ask where their, you know, their training came from. Lots of legit questions that you do research. And so I found this clinic in Cancun. The doctor, the dentist was uh, trained in the United States. All of the, uh, every dental clinic I've gone into, they, I can't remember whether the materials come from Switzerland and the machines come from uh, Germany or whether it's switched around, but you'll hear that story from everywhere. And I heard that story from this clinic as well. And uh, when I asked the clinic, how many implants do you do? Oh man, 20, 25 a month. So almost one a day. And, uh, and they said, you know, most, uh, 60 to 70% of their clientele were Canadians and Americans who, uh, couldn't afford dental work in their own countries and they would come there. And so I'm now I start going, okay, well, let's go to Cancun because there can be like direct flights and I start watching. And in the first time it's like, I think it was like between 1500 and $2,000 or even more. I can't remember what the flight was going to be. And I'm like, well, that's like a pretty big chunk of what I'm trying to save. So I went to Hopper and I put the dates in from where to where and it keeps falling. Oh, so if you've never used an algorithm or an app like this, it just keeps giving you updates randomly as prices fluctuate. So it'll be like, Hey, your flight's down to 1800 right now, but we suggest you keep waiting because it could be less. Oh, you're a week or two later. Oh, your flight's down to 1400. Um, but we suggest you keep waiting because, you know, flights are probably going to go down. 
And all of a sudden, one day, I get this alert from the app, and it said, flights right now from Victoria to Cancun return are $440 Canadian. We suggest buy now. That's not going to go any lower. I quickly get jump on my email. I email the clinic. Hey, if I came, uh, if I was in Cancun for these five days, would I be able to get in to see on one of those days? They write back. Yeah, you bet you, Rick. So I booked those tickets right there. Then I go on, uh, look for, I think it was uh, either was a cheap, the first time I went, it was a cheap hotel. Next time I started using uh, Airbnbs because they were like 20, 25 bucks a night uh, in old town, like in the town of Cancun, not out in the strip with all of the hotels and everything else. But I wanted to be within walking distance of the clinic and, and easily it was. And so I was there for like, let's say four or five nights. I can't remember, a um, hundred bucks. For a comms, food's cheap. The flight was 440. Man, I got all of my dental work done on two separate trips. Instead of being 25,000 plus, I believe all in, it was just over $6,000. So yeah, for like third of the price and fantastic work. Anyways, some people have time and no money. And so we... Uh, just got back from this really fantastic trip to the uh, to Portugal and Spain, and did that whole thing. We we had time, uh, and we had some money, but like we had mostly I had time. And so, uh, as I was breaking down the, I want to talk to you, I guess, about how I broke down the trip and the values and the ways I just, in, in, in how I used my time to save money, maximize the amount of money we spent. And a story that I heard as soon as I got back where my story and this other person's story wildly diverged. So I'd like to talk about that in one second. Okay, so let's talk right off the bat about uh, one of the things that I learned about. Uh, I thought I have t I have so many air miles uh, on my card. I have a really great travel card. Have had for years. I have so many air miles. I thought, oh, uh, I probably have enough air miles that we could we could get from Canada to Europe um, just on miles. Well, air miles has changed. Um, Aeroplan has changed. The whole miles thing has changed since the last time I did it, which admittedly was many years ago. And I found out it was it was not working. And so it's like, okay, well, now we get to the money and I start looking for flights and I find some pretty decent flights. I think about $1,800 uh, from Canada return. And I wanted to go to Spain. Uh, south of Spain in particular, every time for years, if I was watching a travel thing or I would read a travel article or I'd go on Reddit to the travel Reddit or whatever, there would always be these, or movies even, we would see this incredible location and we'd be like, oh my God, where is that? That looks amazing. It'd be the south of France. And I would, I've started to collect these things. I make little folders of places I'd like to go and things I'd like to do if I ever get there. So over and over, it was south of Spain. So I'm like, okay, where am I going to go? Am I going to fly into Seville? That'd be great. Well, either you couldn't or it was super expensive. And what about flying into Madrid and then taking a train to Seville? Oh, that, you know, could work, whatever. But then I just kind of, I don't know what I was searching, but I found out that flying into Lisbon, Portugal 
was way cheaper. And I was like, okay, well, how far is Lisbon from Seville? Maybe a four and a half hour drive. So I'm like, well, that's super doable. So let's save a bunch of money, like $1,000 each or more per ticket. Let's just fly to Lisbon. And so now I'm flying into a country I never even thought I would ever go to. And I start looking into how are we going to... Uh, how are we going to do this? How many times, how, how long should we spend in Lisbon? Where should we go from there? Are we just going to drive straight to Seville or what are we going to do? And you start looking at the map and I'm making a video of this. Uh, I'll have a link probably somewhere where you could go check it out. The visuals from all this, cause it was just absolutely fantastic. But I looked down the coast about two, two and a half hours from Lisbon and uh, down the coast to Lagos. Portugal and it was right on the ocean and there was these incredible cliffs and I started watching these videos of people kayaking through these caves and these cliffs and I'm like okay we're definitely going there and from there it's basically a straight shot maybe three three and a half hours um, you just touched on the edge of Seville and then we dropped down to Jerez de la Frontera which is kind of, uh, as a sommelier, I know this is a place where it's the mecca for sherry production and export and, uh, and Andalusian horses and everything. That's so where like, oh, let's go to Jerez and, and flamenco music. And uh, so we started charting out our trip. And uh, it really worked out great. And if you're trying to map out something like this, one of the things that I found worked the best you know how they say you should never go to the grocery store and shop if you're hungry because you you'll be driven by the <laughs> the immediacy of of just wanting to get something to eat at that moment and you're not maybe thinking about price or about you know the menu or days to come or whatever i feel like mapping out a great travel itinerary really is benefited if you have the time again that you're you're you've got to invest in this it is imagining yourself not sitting there at your computer or your laptop how you're feeling in that moment it's like really imagine you know for me it was like okay i'm gonna fly from victoria to vancouver then from vancouver to london and then from london to lisbon and when i get off the plane at 4 30 on that day how am i gonna feel well, I'm probably pretty tired. Uh, I'm just going to want to have a hotel booked so that I have an address that I can walk out of that airport and say to a cab or to an Uber, here's where I'm going. Take me there. And I'm going to be able to check in. If I was super tired, I'd just be able to go to bed. Right? Well, as and then I start thinking, okay, well, I'm going to, we're going to plan to be in Lisbon for two days. Well, when I wake up, where am I going to want to be? And am I going to want to be out by the airport where I'm going to have to take a bus or a train or a taxi or an Uber downtown? Where am I going to want to go? I'm like, no, I'm not going to want to do that. Uh, I'm going to. So I we purposely uh, booked a hotel right down in the old town where everything you would want to walk to the 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 big uh, chapel, the church thing, I can't, the cathedral. That's the word I'm looking for or St. George Castle or the big the promenade down by the water, like wherever you want to go. It's all within walking distance, which was fantastic. I chose Uber when we got out of the hotel because I actually don't use that very much only when I'm touring, actually. 
and I just loved myself. Um, you know, I could pull the app up, choose a person I know they're four minutes away, say yes, tells me their uh, license plate that they're looking for. Her name's Josephine, tells me walk over here and stand in this area. I can see she's turning the corner right now. There's her car. We got our bags. Oh my God. Also, this is an aside. We have now for, for many years, we were gone. It was a two week tour. You pack, carry on. You can do it. You can just take carry on. I swear to God, you can do it. If you pack again, think about it because man, not having check bags, not having things get lost, not having things get delayed, uh, not having to pick them up before going through customs, just being able to get off the plane, walk straight out. I got nothing to declare. Whatever I've got is right here. Oh my God. It was so great. And then the portability of you, you want to go catch your Uber? Simple. They go pop the trunk, but your stuff's in. You're not trying to fit in big, gigantic suitcases of stuff you're not going to need. If you have never traveled with just carry-on, try it sometime, and I swear it will blow your mind how little you actually need to get along just fine. So anyways, what I loved about the Uber too is that it's like 10 pounds. Uh, we hit Lisbon during rush hour. Didn't matter to me. Have you ever sat in a cab, the back of a cab, and you're sitting in traffic, you know, stop and go traffic, and you're just watching the little counter just click away? And I find it so, like, anxiety include. I'm just like, there goes my money, man. We're just sitting here. Maybe I should just walk. I love that with Uber, it's just like, get in, sit there. I know how much it's going to cost. Plus, she was great. We get to our hotel. We're right downtown. Oh, man. The next morning, we were, that night, we were able to just walk around the corner, half a block. Beautiful meal beautiful restaurant right across the street little grocery store in the morning we got up get my app oh you know you gotta love um just being able to sign up for the roaming and just pull your phone out and everything's just working exactly like it was including your google maps so it's like type in a coffee shop click it on walk and it just leads us to this great little coffee shop. And it leads us from there to the scenic, you know, viewpoint. And it leads us from there. And we just walked and walked and walked. Now, something I also thought of is like, if I've spent the whole day previously sitting on the plane, probably going to be stiff, probably going to be kind of, you know, locked up. How awesome to just be able to get out and walk. We probably walked between five and 10 kilometers all over the city. Didn't need a car, didn't need to take um, taxis, didn't need anything. We were, I booked us right where you'd want to be. And that was thinking ahead and thinking forward. And the next day, that was a Friday, the next day was when we'd scheduled in the afternoon, late afternoon, to pick up our rental car. And we were going to leave on Sunday. But I realized when I got there, there was no parking at the hotel. There was only street parking. It looked expensive. It actually looked really hard to even find. So uh, Six was the um, company that we rented from. I'd also picked them because they were a six minute walk from the hotel. So I knew we were just going to be able to walk over and get it. We actually just swung by there on the Saturday and said, hey, can we just like switch our pickup date until tomorrow morning when we're ready to leave? We were able to pack up our stuff, walk out of our hotel, six minutes up the street, pick up our rental car, and we just pieced out of Lisbon. It was 
fantastic. Thinking it through, uh, drove down to Lagos. Oh, let me tell you about Lagos. This was another uh, time. So basically I booked for most of these places I'm describing, we booked two nights. So you were there for an afternoon, full day, another half day as you were checking out and going to the next place. Uh, kind of a two day, two day, two day, two day itinerary. Worked great. So we go down to Lagos and uh, if you go to a seaside town, if you book yourself, and a place along the ocean or, or anything, that's why the place exists. Book uh, a hotel or book your accommodations, if at ever possible, right where the the draw is. So we booked the Carvey uh, Beach Hotel. I should also mention, because we have time and no money. Well, we have money, but you know what I'm trying to say? We have time, more time than money. So it was really about maximizing. Uh, when it comes to ho accommodations, I'll be totally upfront. Uh, I have four criteria for a place and it's simple, clean, cheap, quiet, and safe. That's what I'm looking for. You know, people that want like all the bells and whistles and hot tubs and whatever and spas, whatever, man, again, there's no wrong way and there's no right way to do it. If that's your way, do it that way. Do it the way that's going to make you happy. But for me, I am not I am not flying across the you know the world to uh, Lagos, Portugal, or anywhere for that matter, so that I can sit in my hotel room. I want a great place to have a shower. I want to have a great sleep, and that's it. I don't care I, as long as it's quiet enough that I can get a sleep, and it's clean. Uh, in inexpensive, man, uh, that's the criteria. So all of these places that we stayed were under 100 euros a night. They're super basic. But this place was right on the beach, literally right there. The parking lot looked down on one of the beaches. I can't remember the name of it. That was named, uh, was awarded uh, the number one beach in the world a number of years ago. So you're you're there there's like a rooftop pool it's all basically a little bit older and dated like it's had its moment probably in the 90s but who cares and uh we get down there absolutely su super fantastic it was great because it was off season it was november um it was free parking lots of parking right outside the hotel everything felt safe we were also so we were right there there's a boardwalk there's beaches um, we land because this is the other thing when I'm maximizing my budget to have adventures and experiences when that's my goal, not sitting in my hotel room, we stop and we basically like, Hey man, we saw all these videos and this, uh, promo for kayaking along these caves. And he's like, yep, a couple companies, uh, we would recommend this one. I like right there. I think it was 40 euros each or something, uh, next day set it up for 11 in the morning. It was like a five minute drive away. We had the time of our life, just show up, get on this boat. They cruise around the corner, maybe 10, 15 minutes to take you right to the caves, dump uh, about a dozen or 15 of us out in these, uh, you know, plastic open style kayaks. And we just paddled around for an hour and a bit, hour and a half. 
a perfect length of time, cruise back, you got the rest of the day to do whatever you want. Uh, our hotel in Lagos was also close enough that we could walk down to the old town and all these cool little shops and streets, cobblestone streets and everything that you would want to experience while you're in Portugal right there. Um, probably had some of the best meals those nights, the best octopus I've ever had. It was absolutely incredible. I'm in the best tuna, salted tuna I've ever had. I didn't even know what I was eating. It was so amazing. Uh, so that was absolutely fantastic. And I love the fact that uh, <clears throat> when you when you're thinking through, what am I going to want to do when I'm in Lagos? I've never been there before, but what am I going to want to do? Well, it's known for the beach. It's known for the coast. It's a seaside town. I want to I want to locate myself as I was sitting here in Victoria planning my trip. I'm like not going to buy groceries when I'm hungry. I'm trying to get out of my head, my Victoria head and experience and go, what am I going to want to do and see and be and, you know, etc. when I'm there. And I think that process of trying to imagine yourself in that moment, when I wake up, what am I going to want to do? When I roll into town, what am I going to want to do? One of the coolest things was, you know, while we're, we're paddling back to the boat, the kayak guide said, hey, everybody, like that road right there leads down the coast and it'll take you about half an hour down the coast. And you get to the point of Portugal where you can just see basically open ocean, um, huge, like it wasn't 360 degrees, you know, but it was like 300 degrees. All, you're basically, all you're going to see is the ocean and it's a beautiful place to see the sunset. And so after a great afternoon, walk around old town and drinking sangria and taking in the culture and everything else, we, you know, got, I shouldn't have said we drank a ton of, we didn't drink a ton of sangria. We just had like a tiny little thimbleful. And then hours later, we drove down the coast to go see the sunset. And that was just spectacular. So you're just out in nature, sunsets, being on the water, everything that you'd want to be in that town. Oh my gosh, it was so fantastic. And so there, that was our first four days in Portugal. And now we're ready to head across the border into Spain. And I have a few things. I just want to tell you about that. As I've considered um, <clears throat> being creative as a lifestyle and how it differs um, from, from not is largely comes down to me to this freedom to be yourself, to live the way you want to live, um, to choose the decisions the way you'd want to. You know, a lot of people, I think, you'll you'll see them doing something on a something like a trip it's like well i'm i'm here i guess i have to go see this cathedral or i have to go to this museum or i have to go to the, like no you don't you don't have to do anything you could be in a town you could be in a city or or a location or a country and a million people would want to line up to go see this, you know, cultural museum. And if that's not your jam, then don't bother. Don't even give it a second thought. Don't apologize to anybody. If everybody's like, did you go see Notre Dame? No, I didn't. I didn't care at all. Uh, I, that was, I had one day in Paris. I didn't want to see a church, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, so 
we uh, booked uh, in Jerez de la Frontera. Again, I wanted to be right downtown, right down in this city. This is known for its flamenco music. And uh, we booked, so booked another one of these cheap, clean, quiet, and safe uh, hotels, really basic. And I went online or, or we did something and it was like flamenco club was here. And I went in at the ass at the front desk and, and that was, she didn't really know any English and I didn't really know any Spanish. So it wasn't the most informative conversation, but it sounded like we needed to drive to this venue. But then we look it up again, Google maps, dial it up, put in that you're walking. It was like 14 minutes, this 14 minute walk through these super cool little old cobblestone I want to call them sidewalks but everybody's driving down it like it's a thoroughfare so that's one of the things I always find so fun and funny about being in these you know medieval cities that were were designed and created and built uh, back when people were like you know pulling donkeys and carts and here we are SUVs are flying down in city buses and and it was uh, hilarious but we were able to walk with just within minutes 15 minutes we're at a flamenco club drinking a shot of sherry ordering some tapas right in the middle of it all Spent the next day just walking around, exploring this uh, city. Was able to get tickets before we even got to town for this Andalusian horse show, which is really cool. Something I've never would have imagined I'd ever would have done. And then we're going to hit the road and head up to Ronda. And I don't know if you've ever seen the Ronda Bridge. Again, it was one of these things in movies and it keeps coming up. This big old medieval bridge is so cool. And I'm looking at the tra at the path we're going to take the next day and I I see there's this other little road that can kind of wander off from the main highway and it goes to this place called Zahara de la Sierra and I'm like what's that all about and I on a whim I just looked it up and here's this white village um, built on this crazy little mountain with this old monastery or church or castle or something on the top classic you know European kind of setup and I'm like babe let's take that road you know it'll take us a little bit longer to get to Rhonda but let's just check that out man when we were driving through this town following our GPS to the top of this town it felt like Gandalf when he's on Shadowfax and he's galloping up through the through the streets of Minas Tirith uh, with Pippin on the back behind him. It was just like we were winding our way back and forth and it was super narrow. It was super steep and and it was just this magical little place. And we found out it was this village um, for artists. It was known for artists and artisans and people. And it was just like it made me feel like we were drawn there as a couple of artists who it was like, it was like this magnet and we were the metal. It was really cool. And we just had a very short time that afternoon to explore that little place, but man, it was ever fun. And then we get on to Rhonda with this fabulous bridge. And I hope you will check out the video that I put together because that was amazing. And, and there was parts of Rhonda that made me feel like, you know, it could have been some sort of Spanish uh, inspiration for, um, Rivendell? Is that the word? Um, the 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 Elven city of Rivendell? Yeah, it was just like, ah, oh, just so amazing and and miraculous and and uh, ah, just having so much fun. 
And from there, we knew we were going to head to Seville for our last, you know, four or five days, four days, I think. And on the way, I don't know if you've ever heard or seen pictures of this little place called Sentinel de la Bodegas. It's uh, this little village where part of it's built underneath this cliff. And so you'll see all these pictures of people like restaurants and people sitting underneath. There's just like th hundreds of thousands of tons of cliff hanging over you. And it was like, we have to go there. But it was one of the places I thought we would stay there. And right when I was booking our accommodations, I kind of like just held pause and I started looking like, what are the recommendations? What are people saying about this? And they were like, I think there's maybe 2000 people that live in Sentinel. And so they're like, you can see everything you need to see in a couple hours. And Rhonda was more like a city of, I think, 50,000. And they're like, oh, you could easily spend a couple days exploring. So instead of staying in Sentinel and doing a day trip to Rhonda, we flipped that. And we really just made Sentinel uh, this place that we went to on our way from Rhonda up to Seville. And that was just magical. More flamenco everywhere you went, on the streets, the buskers, went to an incredible show, had a lot of fun just exploring this city and, and eating these uh, Seville apples, or apples, oranges, right off of the tree and... And uh, everywhere we went, it was just magic, magic, magic. And uh, in when we actually got to Seville, that was the one place where, again, I was thinking, how am I going to feel after being on the road for about a week and a half? Uh, we were going to have been eating uh, in a lot of restaurants at that point. And I don't know about you, normally we don't eat in restaurants. We have something we call the world trip meal. When we did a year traveling around the world as a family about... 12, 14 years ago, whenever it was, we we did this, we called it the world trip meal because we had it over and over and over again. Basically, it was a picnic, but it was like a baguette and a couple kinds of cheese and some um, sandwich meats and some fruit and maybe some chocolate and chips and juice boxes for the kids and a bottle of wine for mom and dad. And, and it was just this staple. It was easy just to have it kicking around and crackers and whatever. And if you got hungry and Peckish, we realized on that trip that my daughter and I, we get hangry. And so if we just had something in the car when that was like made everybody's life better, including ours. So we always had that. And we uh, normally when we're traveling, we just kind of eat simply. But this trip, we wanted to try tapas a lot. We wanted to try the food in Portugal and Spain. And so we'd been eating a lot and I wasn't wrong. That was really great. But by, you know, after a week and a half of that, we were kind of looking forward to just eating simply in our own, what we would totally choose. So when we got to Seville, instead of a hotel, I looked up uh, an apartment and found an apartment for four nights. And uh, again, it was, it was inexpensive. It was really cool right down in the old part. If you, uh, the setas, if you know anything about Seville and you know where the setas are, it's this massive, massive um, kind of art, uh, wooden art structure that they've built. Um, you really have to see it to believe it. And it's all lit up at night with all of these crazy, uh, fun, colored lights. We were just around the corner from that. So we were right down again in the old part of the city where we could just walk everywhere. And... Uh, that's where the hotel was. You know, the 
you do all the due diligence you can. You try to make sure that this place has a good reputation. You read the reviews, you read everything. And I booked this and this was the only time I had any kind of doubt. Like right before I was booking, I was, uh, I do a lot of research, right? Cause I have time. And I, I found over and over again online, people were saying booking.com. Oh man, we got totally screwed. Um, our place didn't exist. Oh, they didn't hold a reservation. Oh, this was that. Oh, it wasn't at all. Like we said, no. And I was like, okay, well I'm avoiding booking.com like the plague because of everything I read. And it'd be amazing if I said I was looking for a hotel in Lagos, Portugal, booking.com would maybe be the first or second place that would come up as a promoted ad if I was doing a good Google search. So I was like, Oh, it was really great. I was so thankful that I looked in that. I ended up booking mostly through Expedia, which some people have had bad experiences. We didn't. Everything worked out. Everything was brilliant. This place, a slow, sweet setas, I think it was called. Um, this was the only thing that wasn't a hotel. And it was like it, they didn't. It was kind of a contactless entry. So they're like, you need to send this uh, information in advance, you know, your passport or your visa or whatever, your information. Then you needed to do this, I think, three days in advance. You fill all the stuff out online and then they're like, we'll email you. You couldn't book, you couldn't um, get into the apartment before 3 p.m., which was fine because we weren't even getting to Seville before 3. But they send you an email and in the email, there's like, uh, takes you to this app, gives you this link to this app uh, that's got the code for the front door. So when we got there, we just walked up. I swipe, the front door opens. We walk in, go through this lobby, get to the hotel, go up to the first floor, get to our apartment. There's a little swipe for the code for your door and your apartment. Apartment opens up. It was fantastic. Oh, it was amazing. Everything worked out perfectly. And it gave us the option for those last four days to just go to any of the grocery stores within a five minute walk around where we were staying, get whatever we wanted to eat and come back and be able to eat more simply. And maybe what our bodies were even kind of craving by that point. Cause I don't know what you're like when you're traveling, but at some point, you know, I like eating what I like eating, make my body feel good. And, uh, so and man, everything worked out perfectly. The funniest part and what I learned, uh, there's no way around it, but I'll tell you one of the most surprising kind of uh, hiccups or, or whatever, but uh, the, the biggest downside, I guess, I, I will share in just one sec. I call it a downside because I don't know really how else to describe it, but... I know as a North American, um, we, we live in this car-centric, vehicle-centric world. We just can't hardly imagine going anywhere and doing anything if we didn't have a vehicle. Um, if you're going to a city like Lisbon, if you were just going to the city, uh, a car was a, was a detriment. It was a liability. It was going to cost you money to park. It was hard to find parking. That would be pretty much true everywhere. Lagos, it was parking was free. We got to Jerez uh, de la Frontera. Uh, our hotel had parking around back. Uh, it was 10 pounds or 10 euros a night. So 20, 20 euros there. We got to Rhonda. 
they had parking, underground parking at their hotel, which was also right downtown. Uh, and it was 15 euros a night. So I was 30 there. And we, once we got to these cities, we didn't need our vehicle. So it just sat while we, we just were able to walk everywhere, which is brilliant. When we got to Seville, uh, it was, what was it? 25 euros a night. So it was like 100 euros for our vehicle to sit in this underground parkade while we traveled around the city. But I'm going to tell you something. There's no way in the world you want to drive around those cities. We got there. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly used to like Rome is the only city that I've ever been in where I'm like, I am not driving here. That place was bonkers, but I've driven from one end of London to the other. I've driven in, in pretty much in Paris. That was bonkers. I've driven in lots of really intense, old, um, big cities, big European cities on the wrong side of the road for me. Um, you know, whether it was Australia, New Zealand, stuff like that. But, um, Seville, oh my God, like we, we went because the hotel or the, the apartment didn't have parking. They give us two options. Or I think maybe I emailed and said, where, where can we park? And they're like, there's these two options, check them out. So we drove and we, we had a mini, like a, a smaller mid-size, maybe mid smaller size SUV. It's basically here in Canada, you just call it a little car. Uh, man, you could barely go down these streets. Like you're following the GPS and it's like, <laughs> go right here in 20 meters, make a right. And you're like, I can barely, like I have to pull the mirrors in on my little car just to try to make this turn. And part of you thinks in your brain, you're like, we, we can't be, this has got to be wrong. This is a Michael Scott office moment. We're following the GPS down a, you know, somebody's front sidewalk. I can't believe, no, there's vehicles and taxis and panel vans and scooters and everything flying up and down these streets. So we're weaving around. My partner's like got the, the, the phone open with the app and she's like calling like nav navigating and I'm doing everything I can to keep, you know, everything going. And we get to this like little road that's funneling us into the parkade and we're about the fifth car and we're just parked and the red light is outside this parkade and it takes us uh, maybe five minutes and we realize oh the parkade's full everybody's in this line just waiting for somebody to leave the parkade so how long are we gonna be here we could be here for hours this is bonkers so we make the decision before anybody pulls in behind us we'll back out and we'll go try the other one well now so I was jumping out of the vehicle to ask people, you know, if we can back up across the, the, <laughs> the crosswalk. And then she jumps in and we start driving down the road. And we realized afterwards, once we started living in this neighborhood, that this one little street was so narrow that it was kind of like, you know, a bridge that has like, it, it's one way this way for... Uh, the course of a light and then it goes one way that way for the course of a light well we didn't know we drive through this little city square and all of a sudden i'm like facing across the intersection i'm facing a row of cars that are all pointing to me and there was only enough room for what and so i was like you're in the wrong you're going the wrong way on a one way and so we hang a yui in the middle of this uh do this U-turn in the middle of this big intersection the city buses are honking i'm gonna say it was a little bit stressful and we get to the next parkade 
and uh, we managed to go down this, this, oh my God, it was so steep. And we get underground and it was really fantastic the way it was laid out. They have all these little red or green lights over all the stalls all through this parkade. So you, they're all, you see a green light way down there and it's like, oh, there's a space way down there. So we get around there and it's like, okay, here's a, here's a parking spot. And so we start backing in our little car. We start backing in and Zara's like, yeah, you got to move over to the left. You got to move over to the left. You got to move over. To, and she's like, I'm like, why? And she's like, because these are two spots. You got to get over into your own spot. And I'm like, you had to get over so far. I couldn't even get out to help her. I had to. <laughs> we crawled out. We got our stuff out. We, we were so thankful to kind of be out of that uh, vehicle and hope that it was going to be okay for the four days. But it was interesting. If you were just going to cities, I would say, man, fly into that city. If you're just going to be there, do public transit. It's really easy everywhere. We were on buses. We were on boats. We had a great time. There's, you know, um, bike share everywhere in a lot of those uh, cities. I really wanted to ride around Seville and Lisbon. Both of them had bike share programs and, and Zara wasn't super into it, so we didn't do that. But uh easy to get around. But for us, you know, if we wanted to go to Lagos, the only way to get there really would have, you know, I don't know how else we would have got there if we couldn't drive. Um, to hit up Zahara de la Sierra, we could never have done that if we didn't rent a uh, vehicle. Same with Sentinel. So uh, for us renting the vehicle, it was fantastic. I think it cost us 183 Canadian to rent the car for 12 days which I thought before we left, I'm like, woo, this is super cheap, man. I've, you know, in Canada, it cost way more. Well, then we paid, you know, 150 euros in parking and everywhere you go in Portugal, there's tolls and, and automated tax, uh, taxes that are beeping. You're just like driving along. You got this little transponder in your window and it seems like it never stops beeping. It's like, oh, that was another. Sometimes you see that was 60 cents or sometimes it's like a dollar 60. And then now that toll is 22 euros. And it's like, oh, well, whatever. You know, it is what it is. So um, it was fantastic. But, you know, and then we got back the last uh, little leg of the journey was to drive back the day before our flight out from Seville back to Lisbon to drop off that car to work it out so that we were arriving in the city um, about one in the afternoon so that we're avoiding as much traffic uh, rush hour as we can again super little uber but this time instead of staying you know six minutes uh, around the corner from that place we took the half hour uber back up to where the hotel or the airport is and booked a hotel uh, right out by the airport so that in the morning uh, wouldn't have to worry about congestion and rush hour or whatever to go get our flight. What ended up happening was we were like a block or two from this old expo um, grounds that they built back in, I don't know what year um, Lisbon uh, hosted the expo, but it was just the wildest architecture. There was also the massive um, train station, bus station kind of uh, hub 
also massive big building and then on the other side of that right on the water was one of the top aquariums in europe so we just like we went for this supper thinking we're just gonna have a chill night and it's like we are literally right across this uh open square from one of the top aquariums so we just walked over there and our last night uh in portugal is just fantastic taking in a couple hours of this uh massive thing so anyways you know Travel the way you want. Live the way that makes sense for you. Your life doesn't have to make sense to anybody but you. My life doesn't have to make sense to anybody but me. You don't have to travel the way I did. Uh, if you're a person who has different values, um, different interests, man, tailor your experience to that. Because, you know, I never thought I would be ever get to Portugal and Spain. And while the whole time I was there, I'm like, I can't imagine ever coming back. So I wanted to make every moment of every day count. And we really did. We had some of the most fun we've ever had on a trip. I certainly by this point uh, don't apologize to anybody for anything. You know, that when in Seville there's this uh, Alcazar, real Alcazar. Um, it's designated a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Uh, it's the oldest royal uh, palace in Europe that's still in use. It it dates all the way back to the 11th century when the Muslim authorities built this fortress and, and whatever. And then it has a Christian phase. And it's like, it's all this architecture is amazing. Um, <laughs> heads up. If you are going to plan to go see something uh, like that, and it says uh, you could skip the line, like you could buy a ticket, pay extra to skip the line, always really understand that there's going to be a line there's always a line and uh, we got there we were thinking okay well let's go do that it sounds kind of cool there was a part of the uh, game of thrones that was filled filmed in the in the square or whatever well you get there they let in they only let in 250 people every hour because there's so many people want to go. So we get there outside these walls and here's this massive line, hundreds of people. And some people are skipping the line. Some people are in the line and we're like, oh my God, do we have to go to the back of the line? Are we gonna, do we have to? Do we have to do this? Where do we have to get our tickets? And then it was like, we looked at each other and was like, do you want to go do that? It's like, no. I mean, I'm sure it's amazing. But then I said, everything we're seeing is amazing. And I think I went on the website on my phone, just dialed it up. And it's like, here's these amazing grounds and these, you know, gardens and everything else is incredible. And Zara was looking over my shoulder and she's like, it's going to look like that, except with hundreds of people standing around everywhere, taking pictures of each other on their phones. And for us it was like, yeah, there. I would much rather do virtually anything then stand in that line and then so I can get in to the other side of this wall and see this amazing place, amazing architecture and amazing grounds and gardens and whatever. But I knew for myself, I wouldn't like that. And it was uh, right on the edge of this old Jewish section of Seville with these tiny little streets and all of these shops. And we just spent an hour or two just wandering and walking through there until we got on this open air bus and started, you know, getting driven around the city. Anyways, you live, uh, give yourself permission to value what you value, to see what you want to see, you know, if, if I have a described a trip that would be hell for you, if you're just like, oh my God, <laughs> I want a beautiful hotel room. I want luxury. I want like 
thousand cotton whatever sheets, Egyptian wheat. What else? You know what I'm trying to say? What are those really expensive <laughs> sheets? I want to have chocolate on my pillow, and I want to have like, you know, whatever. Do it. Do whatever you want. Whatever's gonna make you happy when it comes to a trip, or whenever it comes to uh, to living a life and having making your life an adventure that you are excited to to be on. Because honestly, by the time we got on the flight and we were coming home, um, oh my God, did I even get into the sixty five hundred? I did, didn't I? Did I get into the sixty five hundred dollar room? Wait, I have to go back and listen. <laughs> the whole point, the whole lead into this whole episode, and I totally forgot to even talk about it. Okay, so I get home, and uh, we're I'm reading a story on the travel Reddit about a couple. They're in their 50s. It was their 25th wedding anniversary. They're describing this trip that they did from the United States uh, to Europe, and they wanted to do a river cruise. And a lot of the way they were describing this story was exactly the kind of way I was just described our story to you. They were like, oh, we're going to, we could do this river cruise or we could do that river cruise. And oh, this one, they did some research and it's like this one skews older for a demographic. So most of the people are 70. So it'd be a couple decades older than us. So they chose this other one and they went with this company, whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, that's how I researched too. And I was really into it. And then it got to this moment where he said, we wanted to book our, when we went to book our flights, we couldn't afford, um, we wanted business class or first class or whatever. And da, 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 we couldn't So we went with this, I don't know whether it was a travel agency or something that they went with. And they, let's say they booked business class for their domestic flight and first class for their international flight. And he said, it worked out for better than we could have done it on our own. We paid $6,500 each for our plane fare. $13,000 to fly. Now, I'd love to fly first class. That'd be amazing. And some of these planes, your seat lies fully down into a bed. But this is why I asked you, how would you feel if you spent $6,500 for a hotel room? Because if I spent $6,500 for a hotel room, I would expect it to be absolutely mind-blowing. And here, you've spent $6,500 so you can lay down for nine hours. And, and you're going to get a nicer meal, marginally probably, uh, but it's still going to be a mass-produced meal that's been put on a tray and kept under a heating lamp. You might get a little bit nicer wine, but um, as a sommelier, I can tell you that the uh, elevation makes wines taste uh, off. Uh, you're never going to have like uh, an amazing experience drinking. Plus, uh, drink a whole bunch um, trying to get your $6,500 worth and you dehydrate yourself and you feel like infinitely worse drinking at you know, 35,000 feet. So I'm like, it was just where this guy's story broke down for me. I'm just like, I could not imagine as much as I would love to fly first class and as much as I'd like to be able to lie down at some point in the nine hours, uh, the idea that I would spend 6,500 bucks, which I wouldn't even consider for, you know, 
actual hotel accommodations. I was just like, wow, like good for that guy. Good for that couple. They, they wanted to spend $13,000 so that they could relax. And if that's what it was worth for them, I, I hope they loved it. Um, and so then I just found, but I found that really, really funny um, how you could be online going, yeah, yeah, that's how I break things down. Oh, that's the questions I would ask. Oh yeah, and then it's like, what? That's bonkers. So anyways, back at it, back at being creative. Um, I got this video coming out. I hope uh, you will check that out when it comes up because there's just some ways I can't describe anything and particularly the music and everything else was so amazing. And uh, anyways, thanks for tuning in. We are, you know, embracing being creative as a mindset and stories like this are all about how being creative is also a lifestyle and it produces energy and the energy empowers resiliency and the confidence to live your life the way you would like and without apology. And you don't apologize and I'm not going to either. And we're going to create momentum and the momentum is going to like propel us to greatness and goodness. And I hope you just have an amazing day because you and me, we are capable of infinitely more than we ever give ourselves credit for. So until next time, 